Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Larisha Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite topics ever. So let me give you some framework. Women for centuries have been moving out of their truth in order to accommodate others and to succeed in a very patriarchal world. I have definitely seen this as a theme in business. So many women are exhausting themselves trying to run their businesses out of alignment with who they really are. For me personally, I've made a decision a long time ago that I was done moving for anyone else and this has become the core of my mission. To provide a path for women to trust themselves, to honor their unique gifts, and to learn to stop moving for others. This is the topic we are exploring today. How do you stand in your truth and stand your ground no matter what? Are you done being moved? This is probably, hands down, my favorite episode so far. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to liberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to the Liberation Lab podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with the lovely co-host, Laura Shook Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, hello. How's this uh, new year? Now we're kind of getting into January now. How's yeah. this new year treating yeah, good. It's, I'm off to a, a full start. Like, I feel like it's that thing where you're, you're off to the start running. Like, I'm, I'm already running, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but it's really good. It's great. I'm excited for it. And I'm loving our topic today as well. Um, yeah. Laura and I are going to dive into a topic that is been coming up for me the last week and I'm really passionate about it. And I feel like it is, it's kind of the foundation or the core of everything I do, my mission, my, you know, uh, program, this podcast, all of it. And I want to give you a couple reference points. So the first one is Maya Angelou, who's just amazing, amazing, amazing poet. She wrote something called Our Grandmothers. And, and so there's a reference point for this in that poem. So you can go find it. I will put a reference for it in the show notes. And then I've also been reading Brene Brown's new book, which is, you know, Braving the Wilderness. It's, it's actually my favorite book of hers. And I find I resonate it with the most, but she also talks about this concept and, and what we're, basically talking about is this idea of I will not be moved or I am done moving. And I want to look at it from the framework of us as women, because I feel like women for centuries have been moving outside of our alignment, outside of what we want, outside of our own considerations to accommodate the world, to accommodate others, to accommodate the men in our life, to accommodate the masculine. I mean, I could go on and on. And so for me, I want to kind of dive in and look at this framework of, you know, I believe it's time for us to stop moving. Yeah. Oh, this is good. (laughs) I love when you are feeling something so passionately because usually it's something I can resonate with and I am so there on this topic. And interestingly enough, I think that there's so many women that are on point with this in 2018 
because 2017 was referred to as the year of the woman. And I think it was the year of the emerging consciousness, right? Mm. Around what it is to be a woman. Can we do this? Yes, we can. Um, let's persist. It's just like so much of that message. And so this is just such a natural following. So can we persist? Can we do this? Yes, we can. And we will not be moved. (laughs) Right? Yes. And it reminds me, like, I actually saw an article yesterday that was about the women in Hollywood and how they've created something called, like, Time is Up, where they're basically putting a stop to the sexual harassment in that industry. And they're helping even the underprivileged people and putting all this money towards that to help people who don't have the income to fight it. And and it just it just really sunk in. It's so related to this topic. You know, it's this, it's like this idea that, that we are done putting up with the BS of, you know, what isn't aligned for us, what isn't right for us. And there's so many facets to this topic because I think a lot of us are moved in a lot of different ways. It's not just the masculine and the men and the, you know, sort of the paradigm we're living in. We're also moved by our own guilt, which is, you know, Laura and I have talked a little bit about that. We're, we're moved by trying to appease our children. You know, there, there's a whole lot of ways that we are, you know, moved and, um, you know, not sitting in the place of our strength and our wisdom. And I think that's what we're looking at. Mm, Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a good inquiry is where are we not um, being in allegiance to ourself and what, what are we letting move us that isn't in that, in that integrity, right? It's like that, that is the question. Yeah. And yeah, and with all of the work that both of us have done, I mean, I think being a therapist, you can sum that up too, For and I'm guessing for a coach, and you can speak to this, but so many women that do come in our doors, they're coming in in a time where they feel like they're unmoored, they're unrooted, mm-hmm. they don't any longer feel like they're in control of their moving, their movement in the world, yep. um, they're feeling lost, overwhelmed, discouraged. And yeah, is that your experience as well, Sonia? Yeah, I think a lot of women who come to me around their business, they're, they, they don't feel grounded. They don't feel aligned with their authentic self. They're exhausted or they have a breakdown or they're, you know, they've tried to, you know, move themselves to fit into the man's world or the masculine structures or the just do it attitude or the marketing hype, you know, it could go on and on. You know, they've done all these things to try to fit in and be a success instead of the one thing that's going to make the difference, which is aligning with their own innate wisdom, aligning with who they are and their essential self. Like when they do that, that's when they're going to succeed in business. But I think a lot of people are exhausted because they're, they've moved themselves out of their groundedness, out of their wisdom, out of their innate self. Um, to please or to succeed or to be liked or to, you know, just not rock the boat. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking about this, the the poem that you referenced um, by Maya Angelou. It's like, that is such a moving piece of work because she is speaking to to survival in that place, place of such deep oppression to find your spirit in that, impossible situation. You would feel as if there is no way to move yourself, but yet she speaks to what that is, um, in, in her heart. And, um, yeah, so I'm really, I'm, I'm loving that you bring that up and I haven't actually read 
Brene's newest book. Um, the title of that one is Braving Wilderness. Is that Bra- right? Braving the Wilderness. And she, and it, the subtitle is The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. Mm. And, and so, just to give you sort of a framework, if you haven't read the book, you need to go out and get it. It's a really powerful book. It's the, it's the one I most resonate with. And, and so just to give you sort of a frame around this particular concept, she talks about meeting Maya Angelou. And I'll read mm. you a little piece of it. <clears throat> Hopefully Brene Brown doesn't, ma- you know, doesn't mind us reading a bit of her book. <laughs> you know, sure, she does. <laughs> um, but you know, she basically, she meets her and, and this is what she says. She says, like a tree planted by the river, I shall not be moved, which is part of her poem. And then she says, you know, Brene says, then she squeezed my hands and said, do not be moved, Brene. Mm. Like when I read that, I just want to cry. Like, and so then, you know, it was from this that I looked up, they are grandmothers. And when you read through that poem, like it just, I can't help but be emotional. Like I was in a coffee shop and I'm just like crying because I, Mm. I can't help but feel it on such a deep level. And, you know, she's really speaking to slavery and, you know, to, to what African Americans had to go through and, you know, I don't even have those reference points, right? Like I have yeah. been privileged. We've talked about white privilege, both you and I, I have been middle-class, you know, I have been in, you know, experienced poverty, you know, as a child to some degree, but really then we could get out of it because again, we're white and middle-class. So there's a level of that I can't even resonate with, but in terms of being a mother, in terms of being a woman, I could resonate with that on such a deep level that it brought me to the core of like, yeah, you know, how often in my life have I moved for others? How often in my life have I, you know, dishonored myself to cater to them? Yeah. Well, and there's such entrenched beliefs and stories in my own mind. And I know in many minds of women that to be in service to ourselves at to that depth, is to somehow be unloyal to someone else, mm. to somehow be neglecting of someone else's needs. Yeah. Um, I think that this is this is why I had brought up to you before our call that yes, I've been thinking about the emotion of guilt and how guilt moves me away from myself. And I was looking at the research and I was trying to find maybe some more studies on why is it that women are actually more likely to feel impacted and just be swayed by guilt. It does not mean that men do not feel it. Men definitely, we, we are all humans. We all feel guilt, but there's something about our impression as women that can't take care of ourselves. We can't be true to ourselves at that level because somehow that's a bad thing. We're not being good. We're not being, um, you know, we're not being in service to others. We're not caring for others some sort of betrayal, which Mm. is such an interesting paradox because in the end we betray ourselves if we aren't okay with this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the interesting, you know, there's a couple interesting things which we've kind of pulled out in other threads of other episodes, but I think, you know, we're talking about a, like lifetimes and centuries of, of indoctrination, right? That we are, you know, in some ways enslaved as, you know, bearers of children. We don't get paid for all the work we do. You know, like there's a whole lot of pieces that we've been taught you know, by the, the patriarchy that our place in the world is service, 
you know, to serve them, to serve their needs, to serve what needs to be done. So, so I think that's running for our DNA. So we've got that. I also think it's like an exploitation of our innate and natural connection, right? Like I think, you know, and they've proved this if, if, you know, in looking at and researching sort of they did this sort of this world study on how to change poverty around the world because there's so much poverty. And they looked at the best way is going to be contributing to girls because there's a huge high percentage mm-hmm. of girls that will contribute to the community, whereas men will contribute to themselves, sex, alcohol, yeah. drugs, yeah. you know, you know, they'll, they'll basically contribute to themselves. So that the, the, greatest part is to invest more in women and girls. And I think what that speaks to is we've got this innate connection to things. If we're aligned with that, if we haven't cut it off and if we haven't moved ourselves too much, we're connected to the world, we're connected to each other. And what's happened is we've been exploited. You know, that connection has been exploited. And so now Mm -hmm. it's like we can't feel the balance or the imbalance. We can't feel when we've sacrificed too much in service and we're no longer stable and therefore we don't we can't access our wisdom we can't access what we really have to give the world mm, such a good point and i i'm i'm really i'm sitting here pondering that word exploiting the exploiting our innate connection to ourselves to each other to our compassion that we feel for others it's such a it's such a good point because i think somewhere along the line even when as a woman you discover that you no longer want to dismiss your needs and you want to start being in allegiance, you start to question yourself. Look, well, but I really feel compassion about this and I really want to be in service to this and I really want to care and, and is that okay? And so your point being is like, because we've been, because that aspect has been exploited, we are no longer able to trust ourselves to know it. Right. To know when it's um, when it's true and when it's part of the the story that we've been told. And that gets really difficult then when you are wanting to stay true to your to your center. However, there is something that I can feel, you know, we love to bring it back to the somatic. So when I read her poetry, when I read that particular poem, Iyer Grandmothers, I can feel it in my body. Mm. I can feel the center, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is it. Like, that's the question I should be asking my, this is the, the sensation I need to be checking every time I feel myself out of sorts. Like, how am I coming back to this place? Cause I can visualize this woman that she's describing this situation. It's like, I can just feel it in my mm. bones and my core when she talks about for I shall not be moved, period. That's the last sentence of the poem. Like ev- every hair, like my, on my body is standing. Like, like that, it's that level of resonation for me as well, where like my whole body is goosebumps and my whole, you know, it's like I can literally, like you said, I can literally feel it in my bones. Like it's that strong. And I realized, though I have never put this this label on it this is what i'm doing in the world it is teaching women it is being the example of not being moved yes and it's interesting uh. cuz i did this post on my um on my facebook wall i thought i would read it really quick cuz this to sure. me sums up what i'm feeling at the moment which is i am done moving women have been moving for centuries 
I have been done moving for a while, moving to accommodate a man's world, moving to succeed in a business arena that was never designed for me, moving to meet the comfort levels of others, moving to not rock the boat, moving to be loved, seen, or appreciated, moving to fit in, moving to not stand out, moving to avoid criticism, judgment, or attack, moving to fit into someone else's box. I am done moving to be anything other than me. I am done moving to do anything other than what aligns with my wisdom. I am done moving for anyone else other than those I have decided to serve. And I think, you know, it goes on, but, you know, Mm. to me, that really sort of summed up what I'm taking from this picture, which is that, you know, I'm only moving because I have decided to move because I have aligned with that movement. And when we feel the difference between that and the way we usually move, that's a big difference. Oh, yes. Drop the mic. The podcast is done. We will not be moved. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, this is – thank you for sharing that. I'm actually going to – is that on your um, public-facing Facebook? Yeah, it's on my Facebook wall. Yeah, my public one. Cause I'm going to go and share that. That is beautiful. And that's exactly, I get that from what you're saying. It's like, we have been moving out of the way and mm. essentially we're yeah. always moving out of the way. We're always moving into the sidelines. We're yeah. always moving, um, in a way to accommodate others. Yes. And what does it mean to stand in your own power and say, I will not be moved. And, and that's just, and I can see this about your work. It's exactly true that this is what you do in the world. This is how you help women. And for me, it's, I've been fascinated to help people increase their capacity to feel the discomfort of not being like the discomfort of like what it's going to take to actually stand in your own power. I think, you know, Mm. because this is, something it's not going to always feel good it's actually just like she says in her piece in her poem she says however I am perceived and deceived however my ignorance and conceits and she talks about her foes and her detractors as well as her loves and beloveds but she's saying like it doesn't matter you know how I'm perceived and deceived I will not be moved but let's be honest that's hard work It's super hard to be in a world going upstream. And I think as humans, we don't trust our capacity enough to be ourselves. Like Mm. we came to this world ready to be these amazing beings. We have what it takes, but we don't trust ourselves because it doesn't always feel good. It takes that ability to sit with yourself Mm. and we want to run away from that. We want to move away from pain and we want to move away from discomfort and discomfort. So that's just kind of an interesting layer of it. I'm thinking of right now Mm. is, is what it takes. Yeah. Look, and it, it does take hard work. Like it is not easy. And that's the thing is that, you know, I feel like I've been forging this path for a lifetime. And even Mm. now, you know, I can still feel like one of the reasons this is reaching me is that I've been feeling so much anger lately, right? And that's probably a podcast episode we should have, like anger, because it's one of those sort of taboo topics that, you know, everybody tries to avoid, like, you know, don't get angry. Anger is bad. And, you know, I've been feeling this rising up of anger. And and sadly, 
you know, sometimes I break and take it out on, you know, my poor family. <laughs> They're about the only ones that get <laughs> I it. Know, but, I know. But you know, the sad part, it's like our lo- precious loved ones, our family, we're like yelling at them. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, poor you know, husband. I'm feeling this anger and I've been trying to explain this to my, my husband, the, the, you know, he's the poor man. He's so amazing to, to, you know, really move, move with me and all of this. But, you know, he gets into these places of that sort of that patriarchal indoctrination and wants me to move and accommodate him. And it's like, I'm so done. (laughs) So, you know, uh, like even the last week, that's my anger. And, you know, obviously this is so much bigger than just my husband. This is like, you know, my anger in the world, my anger for all women. It's like, I'm feeling all of this and it's moving in me and it's coming up. It's rising to the surface right now because it's going to feed my mission. And the thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling it where I'm done. And, and, you know, I, I love, I've, and I think I've shared this in a podcast before, you know, I love this example of the masculine and feminine and how we move, you know, you can watch our kitchen when we're all in it. (laughs) And it's like, my husband will be like taking space and he's all grounded and he's not moving. Whatever space he has is his. And then the (laughs) the girls and I are like, you know, working around him. We're like reaching under his arm and working around and like, you know, accommodating ourselves in whichever way we can to make sure he doesn't have to move, Mm, you know, mm. and, but we'll move ourselves (laughs) in all these interesting ways. And, you know, it's like, it's such a great example of what we've been doing for so long. It's obviously really small, but you know, how much have we moved ourselves for others? And this is what I talk about a lot in in the business world because so many people come to me and they're like exhausted or they're they're not succeeding and they and they it's because they've been trying to move themselves out of their own wisdom. They've been trying to fit what they think is the right, you know, appropriate business thing. And there's a lot of people who are scared like they come to me and they're like, I don't know if I want a business. I don't know if I want to really commit to something because I don't want to have to put on a performance. I don't want to have to be something other than I am. And I'm like, well, that's good because I don't teach that. You need to not be moved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to do business your way and yeah. yeah, be authentic to you and make it the life. But yes, you're going to come up against all of these um, pressures to conform. Yes. And that's such a good point to kind of look at our physical environment and thinking of your own kitchen and your family. And, and yeah, and you see that in so many work environments where men will stand in the center of the room and, you know, just completely feel comfortable taking up space or being whatever office that they feel like they need. And women are the ones that are so quick to, you know, oh, well, why don't you take that space or let me work around this, or I just need this small office. I don't really need anything big. And it's just, it seems little and it just seems kind of on the surface sometimes, but if you dig deeper, it's like how in, in what way is that sort of moving out of the way, moving to the side? Um, I mean, just an interesting observation in the almost 10 years that I've run a co-working space that's mostly women so many of them struggle to even just claim the right to have their office space. Mm. Something about co-working spaces is that there's a lot of shared space. There's a lot of flex space, which is awesome. But there are sometimes a person as a well, you know, wellnesspreneur, um, as somebody who needs a confidential office space, they do need to have a room of their own. They really need that space. And I see women often, you know, they're waiting till they're, um, business gets to a certain place. And they're also saying, well, my husband and I looked at our budget and until my business is more profitable, like I don't want to take any risk. And, and I worry that he's not going to support me and da, 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 da. 
And it's so interesting that we're trying to like lead these businesses and won't even give ourselves an office, won't even give ourselves mm. a space, won't even give ourselves really the chance to have the dream until we've proven it. Yeah. And, and you know, what's so interesting, I've just been thinking about as you're talking is that, you know, it's almost like I, I was thinking, yeah, a lot of times we have to give ourselves permission and, you know, we have to write ourselves a permission slip to do things. But then I, then I thought deeper about that. And I was like, why should we have to give ourselves permission, right? Because this is one of those things. I use this technique, you know, with my clients as well to give themselves permission and to write a permission slip. And sometimes it's, you know, it's a helpful technique. But why should we have to have permission in the first place? Yeah, who are we asking that permission from? Right. (laughs) I mean, this is the framework that we live in. Yeah. Is that we yeah. have to ask permission even from ourselves to do things that are aligned with our wisdom, that feel right, that, you know, are what we want to create in the world. Like we have to ask ourselves permission. Why? Why, why, why? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, I need a permission slip, please. Like, I need to give myself. Yeah. And why is that? Because even the paradigm we're in is is we can't even imagine just letting ourselves have what we have, have, have what we want, have what we love. There has to be a reason. Um, yeah, I mean, and I've been thinking a lot about this and as it relates to going after your work, your passion, your reason for being here. So much of the guilt that I feel is because I do, I, I feel like I'm constantly saying, well, is it okay that I'm taking this time? Mm. This is making, you know, Maxine Waters is the reclaim your time. But that's really big for me. Can I reclaim my time? Because every time I'm spending this energy on my work, I I start to try to justify it. Just kind of like a permission slip. I'm trying to justify, well, okay, I'm going to contribute. I'm going to make money from this. So then I will financially be able to give back to the family. And then they won't mind that I'm so busy this weekend and they, you know, don't have my presence. It's this constant bargaining that's happening, you know, for me. And you know, what's interesting about that is that like what it, what it does is it, it it reinforces the fact that you can't trust yourself. Right. All Mm. of that questioning that we do, is this okay? Is this right? Like it basically is like our mind doubting ourselves. Whereas if we truly trusted ourselves to feel what is the wisdom, what is right for me, what is right for my family, I can trust myself to decide the balance and to feel what's right. If we really listened to that and we really trusted ourselves, we would feel what was right. But what happens is all that doubt, which is outside of us, that has nothing to do with us, you know, and our wisdom, we, we, that plays on us. And then we, it reinforces the fact that we can't trust ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. We can't trust ourselves and we are blaming ourselves Mm. for the, again, the problems that this world is kind of presented. Like this is a... Like the fact that we can't be in service to our work, do what we're here to do, actually express our gifts. If we can't do that and feel fully supported, there's something wrong with the systems in which we are all living. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it goes back to if I am a mother, I need support with my children. 
if I am married, my husband and I need support from our country, from the health system, from whatever, to be able to focus on our marriage while we have kids and we're working. Like there should be things in place for the human life to be able to express that self. That and I what I find is interesting is like we're caught kind of chasing our tails when we are just giving ourselves permission and we're making it all about that because then we're not looking at the bigger problem. There is this larger world that we're living in that's just not set up to support a human's full expression of ourselves. Yeah. That's really where we should be putting our attention is not just making ourselves, you know, figure it out, figure out the little puzzle pieces within of course, I know that's a huge thing too. <laughs> it's a yeah. huge amount, too, but I love speaking to it. I love reminding women. And Esther Perel is one of those people that reminded me, the psychologist that um, has written many books and talks so much about, um, you know, different um, relationships between women and men. And she says, I just really want for women to stop personalizing all of these systemic problems. I keep hearing them say, I just can't do it all. I want them to stop ever expecting that they can ever do it all alone. Like that's yeah. not how it's supposed to be done. And I come back to that all the time when I'm kind of in this hamster wheel, mm -hmm. wondering why I am feeling moved all over the place. And, and I'm trying to blame myself. I'm trying to come back to, well, I must not be doing this or I must not be, and I'm not being a very good wife and I'm not being attentive mother. And, you know, I must need to get my priorities straight. But that's all BS. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, you know, uh, I feel like we need to split some hairs on that because I think, you know, it's an interesting thing, right? Because you're right, there's there's definitely systemic problems. There is big world problems that are affecting us. And then also the only real power we have is to change ourselves, right? And to take action ourselves and to really, like we can take action in the direction in the world of change, which I feel like I'm doing all the time, but it really starts internally. And so to split the hairs, that part that you're talking about that beats us up, that makes it wrong what we're doing, that mm -hmm. like judges, that is a part of us or, you know, a part of the outside world that we need to shift and change. Like that is yeah. not right. But also coming into our wisdom right? Which is where we, we and empowering ourselves, which is really where we have the power and trusting ourselves to make the right decision in any given moment. I think that's how we really change the world. Imagine that if, if every single woman trusted herself and followed her own innate wisdom, what would the world look like? Oh yeah. Because how mm -hmm. many of us are moved, right? How many of us, you know, bend over how many of us deny our wisdom deny our self-trust in order to be able to meet other people's needs to meet the world as it is like what if all of us stood our ground and said we will not be moved what would mm. change what would change in the world i mean no longer could men just expect us to be moved they would they would have to do something themselves yeah yeah and that's what we're like you're seeing just kind of that example in Hollywood is just an example of women coming together and saying within this movie industry and film industry, sexual harassment will no longer be tolerated. Yes. We will not be, we will not allow that. 
And we have not seen groups of women really coming and standing in solidarity with one another to that extent, because usually we are still afraid of that power that's been oppressing us, right? It's like afraid to, to speak out, but we're showing enough of that solidarity. And so I think it's, um, I love when you say, let's split the hairs on that, because I know we're going somewhere really awesome <laughs> when you say that. And, and so I'm just going to like add to that to say, yes. Um, and it's coming back to being true to ourselves that we have that power. And then it's coming, I will not be moved. And then come stand next to me, sister, and we will not be moved. Like this yes. idea of this community. Yeah. And that is extremely powerful. And it starts to um, create the new the new world, the new normal. And I think that's sort of the challenge is how do you not beat yourself? What I wanted to speak to is like, don't be beating yourself up for not being able to, to um, stay your ground. And, Oh, you know, it's like, understand that this is a really like standing in a hurricane. Like you're having to stand solid and still in the middle of a tornado or a natural disaster. Like, I mean, a hurricane, something of that sort is what's happening around you. But yet that, only you know where your feet are only you can feel the ground where you need to claim your your space and then gather the other women to come and start creating shelter for one another and start creating that momentum for one another and then the world does start to make that shift that we're hoping to see well and and I think you know the the piece being the example like I wish I could say there were a lot of, a lot of examples of women who are not moving, but I have to say there are very, very, very few. So we need more examples. We all need to be the change. Like, you know, and that's what I want our messages in this podcast about. That's what my program's about. It's about giving people an example because I think people don't even have reference points. They don't even know it's possible to not be moved. Like, I mean, it, it seems, so interesting, but I think, you know, partly because it's hard and partly because most of us haven't had reference points. And this is why I resonate so much with Brene Brown's book, because it talks about being lonely. It talks about, you know, wanting to belong, but realizing you're a leader and leaders just never really belong. And that's how I felt my whole life. I don't belong. Like I don't, yeah. I don't have a reference point for what I've created. I don't have a reference point for what I've learned. I've had to do it on my own and that's really hard. Right. And that was one of the things that really resonated with you and I coming together was it was oh, like, yeah. Oh my God, we're not alone. You too. In our you too. Yeah. <laughs> You're like me. Yes. And I think, you know, that's the, that's the piece is that, you know, what you said earlier, like, it's not easy. Like this is a journey and this is a practice. And that's why we can't beat ourselves up because it is a practice we have to do. And it's a hard practice every day being that committed to yourself and to not moving is tough. Like, you know, I feel like I've been doing this consciously for a long time and yet I can still be moved. Right. It's, it's not like yeah. I'm, you know, <laughs> perfect and not moving, but I'm more committed to it and I'm more, um, solid in it. And I have more reference points in myself of doing it. And, you know, when I look out at the world, you know, cause I, I'm often looking for examples of people that I feel fit this, which I would call probably congruent people who are really congruent, people who are the same on every facet. Like that's why I talk to people a lot about in business. You know, I'm the same on my podcast as I am in person, as I am in a meeting, as I am with a client, as I am with my partner, as I am with my kids. Like, 
I'm the same person all around. Mm-hmm. That it's just, I am who I am. And I think, you know, that's what we need more and more of. Whereas a lot of people think they have to put on a business suit. They have to put on, you know, this face. They have to put on this performance in all these different areas. And they they switch all these, you know, sort of personalities. And it's really exhausting to do that. Whereas when you are that congruent, and Brene Brown is one of those people that I feel like is that congruent right? Very few people, but she is one of those people that I feel like no matter where I see her, no matter where I read her, no matter what I find about her, it's always feels the same. It's real. Yeah. It's authentic. That's a good point. I like that. Um, looking at congruency, that's really a good measure. It's like, yeah. gosh, is that person the same? Like no matter where, and, cause you know that, you know, when you run into somebody and you see them in a different context and it's like, whoa, I mean, there, it, there's one thing to have different aspects of your personality come up, but sometimes you see people completely shift and you're like, whoa, it's like a different person mm-hmm. because they feel like they have to be that person in that environment. But then when they're in this group, they feel like they can be that. And so that's a, um, an interesting way of thinking about our own congruency as well. Like, are we being our true to ourselves in every environment. And then the other thing I wanted um, to say about that is as I, as you were talking, I thought, and this is something that nobody can do. It's the work for our, for us. We have to do it ourselves yep. and it's actually very accessible in that way. This is not, I saw so many women activists in 2017 feel this overwhelming urge to find a cause and do their activism and like, okay, what can we do? And it, but it was, you know, how many cards can we write and how many calls can we make it? How many things can we do? And then those that couldn't were some of my clients in my office going, I feel horrible because I've got a small baby at home and I can't do any of these things and I can't go here. Can't do that. And I want to help. And it all comes down to what you said. If all of us, as women within our own power noticed how we move Mm -hmm. and stayed true to ourselves, That is one of the biggest pieces of activism that you can do to activate a new way and a new world. It's not about the letters that you write. Although I love that and I support it, but don't give up when that's not what you can do that day. What if the only thing you get to do all day is keep yourself congruent and noticing. And that's another thing you said is that you, we don't do it perfectly every day, but change starts with awareness. Yeah. So just start noticing, am I being moved? Am I stepping out of the way? Am I being moved out of the way? Am I going to the sidelines or am I standing in my power? Am I standing rooted and grounded and feeling that sense of that sensation when I, if you, if, if you're resonating with the poem that way that I did, just go read it or like Sonia yes. did, go read it and then come back to that feeling. Am I in that place? Let that be a guidepost. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I just, <laughs> just want to cry right now. I just want to lay like a baby and cry. Like yeah. I feel like envisioning a world, like really envisioning a yeah. world where women are doing this, right? And and not just women. I mean, like, you know, I know we talk a lot about the feminism side and, you know, down with patriarchy and we do need to change it. You know, men need this as well. Like they need to be, they often are not moved, you know, in that sense, but they are also often not aligned with themselves. So, you know, I think the whole world needs that. Like if all of us 
were aligned with our internal wisdom and our innate self and the feminine, it would be a really, really, really different world. Like I want to live in that world. Yeah. Yes. And you have always, you've always talked about that with me too, about being that change, just being that change. It, it's not waiting for the change. We all want it, but you don't have to wait and you don't have to get discouraged just because it's not here. It's just, you start being, yeah. being it to the best of your ability in that moment. And sometimes we can really be it. And sometimes we're just watching ourselves and wanting to be it. But wherever we are, it's like how we can just continuing to just notice that and be mindful of what it feels to not be moved and to be that change. Yeah, it makes me feel hopeful. That's why yeah. I think it's moving because it's just there's been a lot of it's been really not so hopeful this past <laughs> the past year. You know, it's like not mm. so hopeful. Yeah, and we're kind of grasping at straws. And when you start thinking about the power of the individual, and you think about the fact that women can bring about this change, that we do have it within our power to lead. And there are so many men that are craving this as well. And they will be so happy to step up and be our allies. And I know many of them and they are. Yes. And so yeah, this is not a men versus women and the feminine is the best now and the masculine is to take a hike. Again, it's finding that the feminine that has been banished for so many years yes. has its right on the throne, it's ready to be there in all of its glory. And it has some really important things to show us. Yeah. And it's, it's refreshing if you let it in, if you let yourself think about how would this meeting go if I led from the feminine, if I let my feminine lead that we talked about a few podcasts ago. Just imagine that. Imagine how your next family meeting would go or the date night with your husband or, you know, a negotiation with your boss or your new um, business partner. There's just so many ways to imagine it. And, and I think that's it. There's so many small ways to start. Like, you know, maybe it's that you just tell a friend that often moves you that you don't want to hang out with them today. You know, maybe you just turn off social media for 24 hours because that moves you as well. You know, maybe you, um, you know, just tell your partner you need some time. You need an hour that's not about him or, you know, not about your kids or, and you just go and take that hour. Like there's so many small ways. It does not have to be big, you know? And, and what I also like to say is, you know, years and years ago, I started doing these little tiny ways, you know, and, 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 you know, realizing that I was tired of being moved. Like, you know, when I was in, when I was a child, when I was in high school, like I wanted to fit in, right? I feel like so resonated with Brene Brown's idea of wanting to belong. I wanted to fit in. I never felt like I fit in. I was always on the outside and I moved myself a lot. I bended, I accommodated. I, that is what I learned to do because it was effective because it allowed me to be liked. It allowed me to be, to belong, not liked as myself, liked as what everybody wanted me to be. And I learned to be a chameleon. And it wasn't until, you know, my first taste of this was in high school where I realized that my friends were just using me. Like they really didn't care about me 
they were just using me because I always gave them what they wanted. And it was like, I was done with that. And so I really, you know, put, it's like, I can remember drawing this line in the sand and I was like, I'm done with that. Like, I don't care anymore. Like I, I just won't be liked. I don't care. Like I'm not going to bend myself to, you know, accommodate them. So that was my beginning, but I still accommodated myself with guys. So, you know, it was like, there was all these like stages in which I had to draw another line in the sand and another line in the sand. And I feel like now I have such a solid line that I'm really done moving for anybody and anything. And I think, you know, it's, it's a, it's a a work in progress and a lifetime of little movements. So, you know, it doesn't have to be where everything in your life now is, you know, I'm not going to be moved, you know, just, just start somewhere, start anywhere. Like, and it's really about tapping in and aligning with your wisdom. What do you want? What do you need? What step do you want to take? Yeah. Yes. And I think our new tagline should be, I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liberation Lab. I'm done with that. That's right. Right. I mean, the, that. like that's the, that's the freedom. The freedom is in being ourselves. That's the, that's the freedom. That's what we're talking about. When we talk about the liberation lab, yes, we talk about, you know, freedom in business and freedom in lifestyle and having time and all the many, many things that relate to business, but the true freedom is not being moved. Yeah. Well, and I love that. The reason I love that phrase, I'm done with that is that it is an awareness that there's something no longer serving you. It's like, I'm done with that. That moves me and I'm done with that. It's yep. moving me away from myself, and so I'm done with that. And I actually heard this story. Um, this some actually, it was a woman telling the story on that podcast interview about this old this mentor that she had, somebody she looked up to because she was probably this woman was in her 60s or 70s, and she was getting new shoes, and she was being waited, you know, helped by a millennial young woman, um, like young probably in um, in her like early twenties. And this woman is in her seventies, you know, or sixties trying to get some shoes. And the woman will not understand that she doesn't want any heels. Like she just keeps looking at the flats and wanting the flat shoes, the comfortable shoes. And this other woman just keeps bringing her like the platform heels and the heels and the heels. And then at some point she just looks at her and she's like, Oh honey, I'm so done with that. Like I'm done with that. I'm just not in that anymore. And it's just that, you know, she's it's that, feeling as women, whether it's this, I'm not going to wear your freaking heels anymore. Mm. I'm going to be comfortable or I'm not moving anymore to accommodate you. It's that awareness and that shift that, okay, I'm done. It's finality to allowing that to shift you out of your center. Yes. I, so I think of myself as this like older woman too. <laughs> that's just, I don't know. I have a, you know, some people, I don't know. We live in the age of, or a world that loves youth, but I love maturity and older women (laughs) just they're such badasses it's like I want to be that that woman in my 70s where everyone's like she don't care about anything about what you think not at all yeah done with (laughs) so good so we encourage you all to go out and look at what you want to be done with and to Mm. you know the only thing that moves you is what you want to move you what you decide moves you like that's what we want to see and you know this is amazing this is probably one of my favorite you know episodes we've done so far 
Mm, yeah, I'm going to enjoy listening to this one again. I always get some nuggets when I hear, if I listen back to these, I'm like, oh, wow, that was really great, Sonia. I didn't hear that this time. <laughs> yes, yes, we do listen to our own podcast because we yes. we don't have a plan and we never really know. And then sometimes we realize, like, we didn't even understand some of the conversation we had. It's so amazing. So, so, yeah. It's just being downloaded. We have to go back and reprocess it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you all for the, for being here today and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.